Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. I don't know where you're listening from today, but where I am, I am rejoicing because it is really, really starting to feel like springtime. There is something about um, the end of March, beginning of April every year where uh, grass starts turning green, the skies start getting a little bluer, days get a little bit longer uh, with sunshine, and um, it just starts getting warmer. I'm down here in Atlanta in that area, and um, where we are, it's really, really starting to feel like spring, and it just does something for my outlook and attitude, and uh, uh, I just love this time of year, and I hope that wherever you are, you are enjoying some of that same um, blossoming, that annual blossoming of not only the things in nature, but also the a sense of hope. You know, we're approaching Easter time, and every time I get around Easter, uh, I just give myself fully to the atmosphere of the Easter season or Resurrection Sunday, whatever you prefer to call it. It's that time of year on the calendar in the West where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and I feel it. I'm feeling it this year. I'm feeling the newness. I'm feeling the hope. I'm feeling the the sense of breakthrough, and uh, I hope that that is translating into wherever you are also, and that you are not trying to um, you know avoid it, and you're not trying to minimize it, or you're not too busy to notice it, but just go ahead and slow down a little bit and recognize that the Lord sometimes chooses to speak through natural means to reveal or to emphasize spiritual truths to us and um, I just I just want to encourage you in that hey welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits and uh, we took last week off I just needed quite honestly a little break I've started a new assignment at a new church and we have so many good things going on and I realized if I had done a podcast last week or two podcasts like I normally do um, it would have been just kind of going through the motions and so I took a week off and I'm glad that I did and I'm glad that you've tuned back in I want to really talk to you today about um, addressing misplaced priorities in the kingdom. Um, Everybody finds something in the kingdom that grabs them. It becomes their internal priority. It's a facet of the kingdom, one aspect of the kingdom, um, a component of the kingdom. And the way God has wired you, this one component or this one facet or this one aspect of the kingdom feels like the most important aspect. And for you, it likely is because God gives us precise passions that will be housed within our spirit, our human spirit. And then um, the Holy Spirit comes in and keeps that aspect stirred up in us to the point where it becomes our passion. And it's attached to our purpose. It's attached to our calling. It's attached to our assignment. God likes to keep you stirred up concerning the thing for which he has made you. And um, I love that fact because the body of Christ in each of our areas, wherever God is gifted and equipped and made you passionate, where he's attached a purpose to your life um, and he's gifted you according to that purpose, that, that thing doesn't have to look like mine. And mine doesn't have to look like yours. And neither one of us have to look like the person, you know, 20 feet away from us. We're, we're actually supposed to be very different and we're supposed to embrace our uniqueness, not compete over it, not to, you know, 
thrust our uniqueness on somebody else and judge them if they're not like us. We're actually supposed to celebrate the uniqueness that God has created in the body of Christ. And so when when I am walking through my journey with Jesus, early on, I felt like evangelism was the most important thing because it was the only thing really I knew. I, I got saved, radically delivered. I wanted to see other people get saved and radically delivered. And so evangelism consumed me. Everything was about salvation. Everything was about bowing to Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins and confessing him as Lord. And uh, so I lived that out. And quite frankly, as a very young man, I was in my early 20s, I judged other people who weren't as passionate as I was about evangelism. I'm in my heart, my mind, I judged them. I don't know that I ever really came and said anything about that, but in my mind, I felt like they were a lesser than Christian because they weren't out soul winning. They weren't knocking on doors. Yep. That's right. I used to go out weekly, multiple times a week and knock on doors, cold knocking on doors to share the gospel. I'd stop my car. If I saw somebody walking down the road and I'd get out and share the gospel, I was very aggressive with servers at restaurants and sharing the gospel and always pressing home the need to you know, win somebody to Jesus. And then I would, I would take a, a lot of pleasure um, and maybe not all the time spiritual pleasure and the reality that, hey, I won five people to Jesus this week. And um, maybe it became a little bit, not maybe, let me just go ahead and be honest. Yeah, there were moments where it became a little bit of a badge of pride for me that I was a soul winner. And so what happened is that I believe, I, I just viewed the whole entire kingdom through the lens of soul winning. So if you weren't soul winning, you weren't a really faithful Christian. Meanwhile, there's people all around me who are discipling and pouring their lives hour, hour by hour into um, those Christians that I was winning to the Lord. So they're not out winning to the Lord, but they're discipling them. And I thought, yeah, whatever, you can, you can disciple them, that's great, but the real power is on soul winning. And I diminished the significance of, of their ministry to disciple. And then we had intercessors, people that, whose lives were devoted to prayer. And I thought, what a waste of time, man. Get out of your prayer closet and go share the gospel with somebody. You know, I pray too, but I'm not going to spend hours in praying. Let's go out and do something. And, and, you know, then there were people that gave in the kingdom. And there were times where I wondered, well, yeah, they can write big checks, but are they out doing what I'm doing? And so what I failed to do in my early years of Christianity was embrace the, the beauty of diversity in the body of Christ, diverse giftings, diverse callings, diverse purposes. And I thought everybody had to be like me. And I know that sounds terribly arrogant, but I would just encourage you, do you, do you have anything like that going on in your heart? Do you judge people or, and let's maybe not use the word judge, do you evaluate people based on how they're doing in the areas where you are passionate, where you are gifted, where you are called, where you are assigned? And then you look at other people and they don't share your passions. Do you view them in your heart as being lesser than? Or do you honor the fact that God has equipped and called them to do things that are completely different than what, what you do? And so this issue of misplaced priorities in the kingdom um, is a real issue, and it's nothing new. As a matter of fact, I want to share with you a few verses from, in my opinion, the hardest message, the harshest message that Jesus ever preached. And if you will become a student of Matthew 23 and 24, you will find the hardest things Jesus ever said that are recorded during his earthly ministry. And he was preaching to religious leaders. He was preaching to the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. And these men were the, the pinnacle of Jewish leadership. And Jesus ripped them. <laughs> he did. He tore into him, man. I mean, if a preacher today 
preach this kind of stuff in a snowflake generation, he'd get run off from his church or he'd get, you know, banned from YouTube or whatever. Um, but, but Jesus, the son of God, the kind, loving, um, gracious, merciful, compassionate son of God did not put up with religious hypocrisy, with judgmentalism. He read the hearts of these religious leaders who were, uh, they were moral. They were highly conservative. They were really committed to their interpretation of the Bible. So they loved their Torah. They loved the, the Hebrew scriptures. And um, they were like really disciplined. And everybody thought this is what it looks like to be spiritual when they were around a, a scribe or a Pharisee. And yet it was done oftentimes, as Jesus exposed, these men were living their lives in arrogance and judgmentalism and legalism and the the crushing pressure that they put on people to perform like they performed uh, was unbearable. And so Jesus was um, quite opposed to these misplaced priorities in the Pharisees. And I'll just be bold enough to say that I'm sharing with you today that he's, he's very bold against my misplaced priorities if I give myself to them. If priorities in us ever become um, weapons by which we manipulate, control, judge, or um, try to, um, I guess, get people to act in a certain way, um, Jesus is going to oppose that. And so let me just share with you a couple of things that he said in the midst of Matthew 23. And in verse 23, he says this, Matthew 23, 23, he says, woe to you. Now that's woe to you. That sounds like, you know, just kind of an old Shakespearean kind of old English kind of statement, but woe means watch out. You are in trouble. It's a very strong word that can signify damnation. So Jesus is not playing around. He opens up in Matthew 20, 23, 23, 23. And he says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites for you tithe Mint and dill and cumin, those are vegetables that they grew. But you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. And then he says this, very interesting statement. You are blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. You are blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. I, ju I just really want to seize on this, this, these statements in 23 and 24, Matthew 23. What, what is Jesus doing here? And what can we learn from it? Because everybody likes to cheer Jesus on when he's, you know, getting in the face of the religious leaders and he's calling them hypocrites. I mean, good night. People just don't do that anymore. When was the last time you heard a preacher just look at somebody and say, you are a bunch of hypocrites? And Jesus did it to the most upstanding, but presumably respected religious leaders of his day. And he says, woe to you. You're a bunch of hypocrites. So he's literally pronouncing upon them damnation. He's saying what you are revealing on the outside is disconnected from what I see on the inside of you. In other words, it's a whole lot better in appearance than it is in substance. You're acting outwardly in front of other people in a much 
uh, more dignified and holy manner than you actually are in your hearts. You're a bunch of hypocrites. And then he tells them how he sees their hypocrisy. And he talks to them about their practice of tithing on their mint and dill and cumin. And what he's doing is he's saying, oh yeah, you go to great lengths to make sure that you give 10% of all of your produce, all of your tithing of mint and dill and cumin. They're, they're spices. They're grown veg- vegetables from which spices come. He's like, oh yeah, you'll get down to the nitty gritty on making sure you are precise in your 10%, but you have neglected the more important aspects of my law or the law of God. He says, you've neglected justice, you've neglected mercy, and you've neglected being faithful. And then he adds this. He says, you ought to have done justice. You ought to have operated in mercy. You should have been faithful, and you shouldn't have neglected the tithing of the mint and the dill and the cumin. You should have done those things, but you should have also prioritized justice and mercy and faithfulness. And that's when he he calls them blind guides, meaning you are unworthy leaders of the people. You consider yourself guides as those that are the examples, those that are the fountain fountains of wisdom and knowledge and instruction. You you fancy yourself the leaders. But you can't get anybody anywhere because you yourself are spiritually blind. And then he indicates what that blindness looks like. He says, you strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. Now, of course, I wasn't around when Jesus was giving this message, but people smarter than me that write books say that there was a practice that some of the most orthodox religious leaders would literally wear Um, some form of a face mask over their nose and mouth, lest they accidentally swallow a gnat, which would be equivalent to eating an unclean animal. Now get that. I mean, you got to get this. I mean, all of us are very familiar with face masks right now. We know what an absolute inconvenience and frustration they can be. But in Jesus's day, there were some religious leaders that were so focused on making sure that they didn't break these very molecular, small, fine print aspects of the law of God, that in the name of not eating unkosher food or an unclean animal and ingesting it, they would put some form of a face covering on them so a gnat, a tiny little gnat, could not fly into their mouths, lest it, lest it fly into their mouths, they accidentally swallow it, and they break the law of God. And Jesus says, you go way out of your way to make sure that you don't do something as insignificant as swallowing a gnat, but you don't recognize that you're swallowing a camel. Jesus is employing here a little irony, a little sarcasm, a little humor even. The the audaciousness of somebody bending over backwards to make sure that they don't swallow a gnat and yet ignoring the fact that they're swallowing a camel, something gigantic, something obvious, something that they surely couldn't miss. And Jesus is saying, don't you see your hypocrisy? You're bending over backwards to do something that doesn't really matter. And then again, he illustrated it with the tithing of the mill and the dill, uh, the mint and the dill and the cumin. And it's not that those things aren't important. Jesus is not saying, hey, don't worry about tithing. 
what he's saying is you, you're, you're so fixated on the tithing and yet your heart is absent of mercy. You don't care about justice and you're not faithful. You're not consistent. You're not the person outwardly, excuse me, inwardly that you pretend to be outwardly. He says, that's hypocrisy. Now, the Greek word for hypocrite is, comes from the world of theater, hypocritas, hypocritas, which we get our word hypocrite from. Do you know what a hypocritas was? A hypocritas was an actor who would wear multiple masks during a play, a theater play in ancient times. So he would play multiple parts. And so he, and when he's playing one part, he wears this mask on a stick in front of his face. And then when he's playing the other part, he removes the first mask and puts on the other mask in front of his face. So a Hippocrates was somebody who wears a mask. And Jesus is saying to the religious leaders, yeah, guys, I see behind your mask. I see what you actually are. So guys, what does this have to do with us? I mean, no, seriously, what does this have to do with us? Because we're all real quick to say, go get them, Jesus. Tear them up, Jesus. Those Pharisees, those hypocrites, those scribes, get them, Lord. And yet we fail to take the time to recognize he could very well be talking to you and me. It, it might have been us. I'm just going to take it for granted that those of you that are listening have some degree of deep commitment to Jesus Christ and that you're serious about the kingdom. And you're probably listening to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast because on some level you are so sick of the status quo version of Christianity. You're sick of the Sunday fakery. You're sick of the, um, you know, the, the religious routine. And I applaud that. But be very careful that when we read passages like this about the scribes and the Pharisees and Jesus calling them hypocrites, be very careful that you don't just rush past it without examining your own heart. And what Jesus is saying in, when he's talking about the gnat and the camel, he's like, guys, your priorities are really misplaced. You're focusing intently on something that is minimal in the kingdom. And meanwhile, you're blowing it on something that is huge in the kingdom. You're, you're a gnat-minded believer while you're a, a you know, camel-swallowing individual. You're, you're thinking about the gnat and you're being blind to the camel. And when we read that, I have to push back from the desk and I have to say to myself, what are the gnats in my life that have got me distracted? What are the, what are the things that I'm really focused on that are gnat-sized and I've stopped focusing on the bigger things that are camel sized. And what Jesus is saying here in essence is they're trying so hard not to swallow a gnat, but in doing so they swallowed a camel. They're trying so hard to avoid making an error on a small thing that they end up being blind to the fact that they're making errors on big things. So I don't know how this applies in your life. I do know how it applies in mine because I am a, I'm a thinker, man. I get, I get locked in. Some of you listening get locked in. And if you're not careful, you'll get so locked in on what you think is most important in the kingdom that you'll end up missing what God is trying to enlarge in this season in the kingdom. And so we can get fixated on one aspect of ministry. I mentioned earlier, I was like ultra hyper, hyper evangelistic. And so I was so focused on evangelism 
that I literally lived in kind of an attitude towards people who didn't evangelize. And the whole kingdom became a gnat of evangelism for me. Some of you are, are listen, I'm just going to be bold. Some of you are, are so fixated on parsing out the scriptures and being the biblical giant, the theological giant, the individual who must make sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed. And you literally are walking around and your whole, you don't even realize it, your whole paradigm of the kingdom is that you're looking for theological error wherever you go. You're chasing the gnats of theological error. And meanwhile, you're swallowing the camel of lovelessness, unkindness, living without prejudice, bearing with others in their folly and their sin. You've swallowed the gnat, excuse me, you've strained out the gnat of theological error because you can't bear to have that within you. And yet you're swallowing the camel of living in broken relationships with people because you only view them through their theology. You don't view them through their imago Dei, the image of God in them. You don't view them through the very grace that you've received from God for all of your flaws. And instead, you judge them because they're not theologically astute or they have error. Or maybe they have practices that you would consider um, out of bounds. And so you wear your theological badge of orthodox views of the kingdom. And you look down, you, you look down on others who don't share your views. So yeah, you've strained out the gnat of theological error, but you've swallowed the camel of not loving people like Jesus loves them. And listen, you have to do a hard search because I know how difficult it is to give your, yourself a, an honest um, investigation, a diagnostic of your soul when you're theologically right. Because once, you're, once you give yourself to the chasing theology, um, it becomes a God to you and you start substituting theology for God. And that's straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel. Now let me flip it because others of you are, are so loving that you can't bear the thought of not being loving. You can't bear the thought of not being kind. You can't bear the thought of not being open and, and liberal with your love and your tolerance and your acceptance. And so you, you have said, I'm just not going to let theology or truth or Bible stuff infringe upon my relationships with other people. And so what you do is you make, you make um, peace and unity and harmony. You make that... Um, a gnat. And you say, oh, I've got to protect this gnat. And meanwhile, you're swallowing the camel of really, really bad or falsely manipulated theology. In other words, you've, you've become compromised. You've become contaminated. You, you start saying things like, well, in order to, to properly represent the God of love, I can't ever say anything or do anything that makes people feel bad about themselves. So I'm not going to talk about sin. And if I do talk about sin, I'm going to repackage it and, and it'll be um, low sodium kind of preaching. It'll be not a whole lot of salt. Don't want to get in there and irritate a wound. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be gentle. I'm going to repackage and reframe it. And I'm going to be so vague that nobody ever, ever gets offended. And so what have you done? Well, you've swallowed a camel because you're compromised God's truth in order to have an artificial harmony with people. And that's equally as bad as what I said about the theological gnat swallowers. 
And guys, listen, the list can go on and on and on. And I don't have time to evaluate every possible way that you can strain a gnat and swallow a camel. All I can say is this, Jesus will deal with you about your misplaced priorities. And we are to be word and spirit people. We're to be vertical people living in full honor unto God, unto Jesus Christ. That's vertical. But we're also supposed to to relate horizontally with people and we're to love as God loves. Look at, look at Jesus. Jesus did not go around pointing out everything that was wrong. He really didn't because it would be a full-time job. He was omniscient. He, every single person he met, he knew exactly what was wrong with them. He knew where they failed theologically. He knew where they failed morally. He knew where they failed in their relationships with others and with their relationship with God. He knew it, and he knew it perfectly. He knew it comprehensively, and he didn't. You don't find him in scriptures going around every time he meets somebody denouncing what's wrong in them. The only people he really, really got hardcore with were the people who pretended that they had it all together. And he did denounce them. That's what we're reading right now. He said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. And guys, if there's one thing I don't ever want to hear from God the Spirit in my life right now is, Jeff, you are a hypocrite. And you don't want to hear that either. You don't want to give yourself a free pass while at the same time you're coming down hard on others. Jesus said, what measure you use to measure others is going to be used when God measures you. I want you to think about that. The way that you view others, God takes that same paradigm, that same intensity that you use to scrutinize others. And he says, I'm going to use that on you. So in other words, if I am looking at others at a level 10 scrutiny, only seeing what's wrong with them and giving myself a free pass because I see at level 10 also what's right with me, then God says, okay, if you want to operate with a level 10 laser on others, I'm going to operate on with a, la- la- a level 10 laser on you. And so the measure that we give out is the measure that we receive. And one of the reasons that we, that we need to get our priorities aligned is because it affects our relationship with God and it deeply impacts our relationship with others. And so I'm asking you right now, what are the camels that you're swallowing because you need to spit them up? You're focused on the gnat. The thing that is the most important to you can become a gnat and you'll go out of your way never to compromise that gnat. But in doing so, you may have become blind to the camel that you're swallowing. That's what he's teaching. Let me put it in very precise terms. What you're prioritizing might not be as big to God as it is to you. And what you're failing to see might actually be bigger to God than it is to you. So what do we do? In humility, write down that word, humility. In humility, we say, Lord, show me where my priorities have become misplaced. You don't even say, God, have my priorities become misplaced. Because if you're not regularly saying, show me my priorities that have become misplaced, I guarantee you, you have some misplaced priorities. Guarantee you. Because humility is the only thing that protects us from living with misplaced priorities on a regular basis. We assume that we need God's help to stay balanced, to stay fixated on what's important to him, and to live those kind of things out. And we say, Lord... Put your omniscient finger down my throat and cause me to spit up my camels that I have swallowed. 
forgive me for that metaphor, but I feel it so strongly right now. God, I'm gagging on camels and I didn't realize it. Lord, I need to spit up my camels. Forgive me for straining gnats and swallowing camels. So I hope that you'll think about that today. Uh, Mavericks and Misfits is a podcast that is dedicated to causing you to think through your faith. And that's what I hope that I've done today. I'm about to sign off. I want to remind you, if you'll go by my umbrella website of transformingtruth.org and take advantage of the free resources there. We love the podcast. The stuff that we put on Mavericks and Misfits, you can't find anywhere else. It doesn't go on the Transforming Truth app. But there are a lot of other things on Transforming Truth app that will benefit you. Um, on transformingtruth.org, you can download that app. Matter of fact, you can go anywhere you download apps and you can get the free Transforming Truth app, whether it's Windows, whether it's Amazon Fire, whether it is, um, you know, Apple, Apple, the App Store. Um, get a copy of that because it's a one-stop shop. Everything's free. You don't pay for anything. But you got videos, you got audio, you got my blog, you got my social media links, got all that stuff. And um, I, I just encourage you to take advantage of it. One of the ways that you can help support us, if you care to support us, is by reviewing and rating this podcast. It'll take, you know, literally two minutes of your time max. And just give a quick rate and review, maybe even share it on social media, tell other people about it. It helps me to reach more people. We're getting a lot of good feedback. You can email me at jeff at maverickmisfit.com, jeff at maverickmisfit.com. Let me know some ideas for upcoming uh, episodes that you'd like for me to talk about. I'm wide open right now. I'm not doing a series. And um, listen, if you go by transformtruth.org, my book is there. And so check out Figuring It Out As I Go. Get a copy of that. That also helps support this ministry. You can get it right there on the website or you can get it um, on Amazon or any retailer. If you prefer to listen to books, I I narrated the book. Uh, I read it at, and you can get that at audible.com if you want to download a copy. But um, really what we'd love is just for you to tell people about Mavericks and Misfits, especially if they are disenfranchised with uh, church if they're struggling to find their place in a world that loves status quo christianity mavericks and misfits will help them so up oh, the music is clearly playing that is letting me know that i am i'm done my time is gone and so listen love you guys thanks for tuning in and uh you'll be hearing from me again in a couple of days so keep your ears open and keep your knees bent and cough up your camels for the glory of god we'll see you next time thank you for listening to today's mavericks and misfits podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please subscribe rate and review mavericks and misfits with jeff lyle on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts your review helps us to reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of jesus And don't forget that you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.